Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, cold centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome back to the Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Danley, thank you guys for coming back, hanging out with me tonight as the Indianapolis Colts start training camp officially tomorrow, Colts arrived, coaches were all there. Uh, some interesting takes from from what we saw, at least on their day of arrival. So uh, we've learned a lot. We've got a lot of news, strangely enough, to kind of really jump into here, especially as the Colts were just full of it today. Uh, so let's just kick this off. This is going to be our newsy, uh, newsy show, and then we are going to go through the wide receivers and do our um, breaking down the position for that. And uh, we're going to do that right after this show. So if you guys are around, you got two two shows in you tonight. We're going to do two shows, get them up. Uh, that way we have them up and published before training camp kicks off. So uh, again, before we start, get over to Stampede Blue, get all your Indianapolis Colts uh, news and notes and everything else. Training camp is going to be a wild time. It's going to be a lot of fun to dig through all this. We're going to have all of it up on the site, everything. So uh, also remember... Our man Mike Ernest from REMAX Advanced Realty and Indy Home Pros team, the number one selling real estate team in Indiana, is uh, doing the Colts cast tonight, as always. So uh, we do give them this uh, excellent show to, to cover for us and uh, to, uh, to help us out here. And Mike's a great dude, and he knows what he's doing. So, uh, again, as always, if you guys know uh, anybody or yourself are looking for a home or looking to sell your home, make sure you guys are getting a hold of Mike Ernest. Uh, he is the best in the business. You guys need to hook it up. So uh, now let's get into some news. Uh, Anthony Costanzo, Denzel Good, Austin Howard, all placed on the active NFI, uh, which is basically the non-football injury list today. Basically, it's the active pup list, you know, just – a different set of circumstances for the injury. I mean, non-football related, actually. So uh, pretty simple to understand. They can come back anytime, um, just like the active pup, but that's it. The only thing that hampers it is if it goes through training camp, they get into the season, and they're planning to extend it, then that's when it becomes for a designated period of time or a minimum amount of time, I believe. Uh, so that, look, that's three tackles, and it looks daunting thinking about it, right? We've got we, – we're all talking about the Colts offensive line this year, and now we've got three tackles, two starters, and probably the first backup at either position. Uh, both are all three going on the NFI list. 
not that big a deal, but it sounds like, I mean, it comes off as a big deal. Costanzo is expected to miss a few practices, apparently. At least that's what Andrew Walker had in his uh, initial article on the situation. Uh, but we don't have a whole lot of information on Denzel Good and, and Austin Howard, how they came about their injuries. So, nor do we really have a good idea of when they'll be back. The one thing that we do have is Frank Reich will be talking to the media, obviously, tomorrow after practice. That'll be key to find out what's up with them, how long they're going to be out. I'm hoping, and we should all really truly hope, because this is the first offensive line that the Colts have had some legitimate uh, depth, right? They've got depth. We've talked about this before. They've got their starters, and there's basically one or two guys who can back up either position at each position. They've got some interchangeable parts amongst the depth. That's nice. Haig is a guy who can move in and out. Uh, Deshaun Bond is a guy at center and guard, both. Um, you know, Braden Smith, what do we want from him? I think this is – now, we talked about this the other day on the offensive line uh, setup, breaking down that position. But I really think that Braden Smith, moving him out to tackle for uh, some of these practices while these guys are gone is a smart thing to do, at least working him in there, okay? I'm not talking about completely changing this dude's uh, position. What I am saying is that he's not a starter at either guard position. He's a guy with the requisite length and strength and athleticism that you want technically from a tackle. Use him uh, and move him out there occasionally. You know what I mean? And they will. I think they will anyways. But this is the perfect setup for him not to become a tackle, but to become more versatile, to become more of a weapon in within that depth for the Colts. That also makes him – I mean, not that he wouldn't make the team anyways – that also makes him a much higher commodity within the roster, right? Um, maybe they can fudge on the offensive line uh, one piece and put somebody on the uh, practice squad because he's, you know, that versatile type player. With Heg, basically, Heg's been taking snaps or giving snaps or whatever uh, at center as well. So that's interesting. I mean, there's the Raven Clark, you know, not Denzel Good in this case, but they've got some some solid depth, and it's going to be fun to watch. Jack Muhort. Uh, Matt Slauson, whoever does, doesn't start there. They've got, and they actually talked about Muhort moving out to tackle. Um, I'm not a fan of that personally. He's, I think he's a good lineman. I think he could be okay out there. Uh, we've seen him play and it didn't work out real well, but I mean, it wasn't for an extended period of time. I think that he, at worst, if they send Jack Muhort out there, I think they're okay. But I don't think that he needs to be getting a ton of snaps at tackle. I think that you work on him in the interior, try to get him boosted back up and, and reacclimated to that position because I think he's going to be a real vital part of this offensive line more than anything, to be quite honest. So, uh, Costanzo, like I said, not expected to be long. Tomorrow's going to be crucial as far as for what we hear about uh, the other two guys, the other two tackles, Good and uh, Howard. Howard's expected to start. Good's pretty much his backup. And they even talked about him being the backup at left tackle, which, uh, you know, that's good. I've only seen him on the right side of the line, though, as far as I can remember. So um, not, not, not bad news necessarily, just not great news in, in a little bit that we just don't understand all of it right now. The good news is that we do have Costanzo, you know, apparently ready to make his comeback within days. So that that's that's always a that's always a plus. He's uh he's been one of the most uh impactful guys since he's been drafted. Always playing, always pretty good and he Andrew Luck wouldn't be in the league right now had he not been his left tackle 
and the Colts had to play with that position too. So uh, he'd be <laughs> Andrew Luck might be in a few pieces. So uh, speaking of Andrew Luck, another piece of news here. Uh, they were talking about you know uh, this philosophy with playing uh, quarterbacks in preseason. Anyways, obviously got to Andrew Luck. You know, is it uh, basically the question was kind of uh, laid out as in is it too early to say that he's not going to be playing in week one? You know, um, Frank Reich didn't say he's going to play in week one. His exact quote, let me double check on this, because it, it, it wasn't he will play in week one. It was you should count on him playing or, or something of the sort. I want to double check that just because it, it, it the way he – what the heck is it? I know this is bad dead air, bad radio, but – Anyways, that that was the that was the gist of it. It was uh, I would count on him playing in week one. A lot of wasted time just to reiterate that. So my bad. But at, at any rate, he doesn't say that's. I mean, he more or less says that's the plan. We want him to play in week one. It doesn't mean he's going to, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But the fact that they've got that kind of in. Uh, their minds right now is a positive. You know, Andrew Luck's going to play first preseason game. You think he's going to play? That tells me uh, as much as this coaching staff has seen his progress and his process through his rehab, that they are that confident in him and where he's at currently. Not where they think he's going to be here in a few weeks, but where they think he is currently. I think that if that's the case, you're telling me he's going to play. If the coach is telling me he's going to play in preseason week one, that tells me that the coach thinks he's pretty darn close to 100% right now, if not at it. And probably mentally, as far as, and I don't mean how he feels about himself, but mentally and in terms of does he have the playbook down, how is he reading the offense or the defense you know, in meetings and on the, on the, uh, the whiteboard and all that other stuff. To me, that tells me that Frank Reich thinks Andrew Luck is this close to being Andrew Luck of old. So that's encouraging, and I think that's really cool. And tomorrow, I mean, he's going to throw tomorrow. He's going to throw Friday, and they said Saturday is going to be his day off because Sunday is in all pads, and they're going to have him throw on Sunday. That's what they want. So that's there's your four-day schedule for Andrew Luck. Thursday and Friday, he's, he's going to play uh, or practice and throw. Uh, Saturday will be his off day. Sunday, he's going to practice and throw as well in full pads. So that's, like I said, encouraging. That's fun. That's a lot to uh, to digest here. So if you're going to Colts camp tomorrow, you're going to see Andrew Luck throw. That's going to be exciting. Um, they said that when they saw him in California throwing, he was throwing to Rodgers, apparently. At least Reich says so. Luck wouldn't kind of talk about who was there, who wasn't. But they were talking about him in California and how he you know basically was opening it up that Frank Reich was watching his tape and saw him open it up and go basically 100% saw him progress through each each video that he watched of him I think that's great I think that's you know this should make every Colts fan super excited about this team look we all have our reservations about some of the roster but the roster is young Frank Reich loves that he thinks that it's there's something exciting about bringing these rookies in and that they're going to have, you know, a lot of playtime. That's fun. That's fun. It should be fun for Colts fans. And I think that most of Colts, you know, I think most Colts fans do think that way. And that is part of uh, the excitement that's coming into this season. While the rest of, you know, nationally, a lot of the national guys, uh, a lot of other people, obviously, 
you know, people who are doing stuff within the division uh, feel that, you know, the Colts are a pushover. I don't think that anybody, um, I want to say on that team, but that's almost cliche to say, I don't think anybody on that team thinks they're a pushover. Um, but obviously they don't. But I think that when you look at the, 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 the youth that they've got at the positions that they've got, that should be some that makes sight. Now, look, we understand everybody's not going to pan out. Uh, obviously, UDFAs do not often pan out. There's often a guy that makes it to the roster or often, you know, two guys that makes it onto the roster. <coughs> but let's, I mean, just spitballing here for this linebacking core. Think about it. Darius Leonard, Sky Moore, and whatever, Matthew Adams, whoever. I mean, you know, Zaire, or not Zaire Franklin, but, you know, one of the other, or yeah, Zaire Franklin, one of those guys. Say those three end up being the starters. That's a lot of rookiness, uh, rock, uh, rookie, uh, you know, in, in one place, in one position. But let's if they put them all three on the field, they think that that's a group, right? And if that those three guys, if just a couple of them, like really play well, or even just one of them, plays really well, that's an improvement upon last year's linebacking core because the Colts linebackers were awful last year. I mean, for the most part, John Bostic. I'll give Bostic his credit. We smashed him early in the season. He came back and played pretty well. Um, but just by and large. All this youth on this linebacking core is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we all look forward to Nate Hairston improving. We look forward to Quincy Wilson becoming a, a, a starter, a legit starter in the league and actually making some moves, in my opinion. And then, you know, we've got some comfort with uh, maybe uh, Moore and uh, Desir on the other end. Gathers and Hooker are expected back, I mean, fairly soon, Okay. Uh, those two guys, those, I mean, we, we know what the potential for Gathers is. We know what the potential for Hooker is, especially if he plays a full season. The defensive line's fun. The defensive line's probably one of the deepest units on the team, on the roster. Okay? So we've got a lot of potential on that defense. It's going to take a lot to get that, that chemistry all moving together at one pace, right? But the fun, the thought, the excitement, it's all there. Okay, and we know what the offense is going to do behind Andrew Luck, a better offensive line, exciting running backs, in my opinion, a couple of them, at least at least a couple of them, Um, you know, tight end groups tight. As far as I'm concerned, the wide receiver group is way underrated. And of course, people are going to say because they don't know any of them. I don't think so. I personally don't think it's an underrated or I don't think that they're uh, a group that uh, is going to be uh, a pushover. They're definitely not going to be the worst group in the league, like most people think. You know, behind T or T Y Hilton, what do you got? Well, I think you've got Chester Rogers coming back to, to really prove, you know, what he's got and what what he's missed out on. And then I think you've got a couple guys behind him. I think Deion Kane's going to be an improvement uh, from what they had at number three last year. And I think that you've got interest in in uh, Darius Fountain. I, everybody knows I love Christian Hogan. Uh, you know, K J Brent. These guys, there's there's some legit competition. Uh, of worthy NFL wide receivers, in my opinion, that are going to be fighting for roster spots. This is going to be a lot of fun. So let's kind of I kind of got off on tangent there, but that's you know that's fun for me thinking about Andrew Luck coming back now. Uh, crappy projections on the season two and fourteen from whatever it was. Other people giving him four, five, six wins. I think Andrew Luck and I told you guys about this earlier. I told you guys this earlier. I think Andrew Luck legitimately makes the Colts a five hundred team 
on the jump, at the jump. From the time that he is on the field in a game, he makes the Colts, uh, I mean, a 50-50 shot to win the game. He's going to have bad games probably early in the season. He's going to have some excellent games, though, too. If you can time those excellent games up and those bad games, you can win a few of the games he has bad games against bad teams. You get him in a couple good games against uh, some of the better teams on their schedule, and a lot of things can happen. We all know that once Andrew Luck gets into the playoffs, that Andrew Luck is a really difficult guy to get out. I mean, Kansas City couldn't do it with a massive lead, right? Um, you know, after his initial loss his rookie year in Baltimore, when he took the team, you know, it, everything progressed, guys. You know, he took that step back, got injured, played through it, missed a year. Now he's back and pissed and extremely excited. I can't tell you guys how excited I am for this team. I want to see the youth continue to play and rise and fight and battle. I'm so stoked to be at camp, to be quite honest with you guys. I cannot wait to see what this team actually has. I love that Reich has these guys talking about live hitting drills and all this stuff where they go live for 10 minutes or something like that. Uh, that that's going to be exciting. There's going to be some injuries. There's going to be some, you know, injuries are going to happen in camp, guys. So forget about it. They'd happen if it weren't physical. Somebody would step on a hill wrong and twist their ankle. Stuff like that's going to happen. This team has to come in with a much better mindset than they've come in with in several years past. That's coaching. That's physicality. That's work ethic. That's get your butt to the next drill right now because we're snapping it through. This is all things that Frank Reich brings that Chuck Pagano didn't. And if we deal with some injuries, we're going to deal with some injuries. So what? The team is not going to be worse for wear because one guy, as long as Andrew Luck is healthy, one guy is going to absolutely murder a season because of, of health. These guys are going to be hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody that's probably never been hurt or hasn't been hurt much is going to get hurt. It just happens, guys. We know this is, is true. I mean, especially if you've paid any attention to the Colts whatsoever in the past several years, you know that it's going to happen eventually. So uh, be excited. Be happy to see this youth on the field. Be happy to watch some really good camp battles this year. Pay attention to who's winning what rep against what offensive lineman, defensive lineman. Who's the guy that can cover in camp? Even it's just camp. I mean, and even when we get into the preseason, it's just preseason. It's just this, it's just that. Watch what they're doing. Scout them. Are they, are they making the right adjustments or are they getting lucky? You know, these are all things that will play out. Some things happen in preseason because you get lucky. That's why they say oh, it's just preseason. But you, either, you sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it's just it's just good skill and good uh, good fundamentals. We'll see a lot. But this Colts team has me excited for the buildup. Yes, I think that they could reasonably make the playoffs. Okay, whether it be wild card squeaking by in a nine win division, ten win division, or something like that. Those are possibilities. But you have to be on board with what Chris Ballard's saying about the process, the couple years that we go forward. This is going to be what is so exciting about it. You're going to see that I think we're going to see that Chris Ballard knows how to build a team, knows how to get this team right, and Frank Reich is the perfect head coach for this process. It's going to be exciting, guys. I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Um, <coughs> We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get to the rest of the news here in just a second. And don't forget, we've got another podcast coming up right after this. We're going to do the receivers and get into that. So make sure you guys are sticking around for that. Um, but we'll be back here in about 10 or here in just a couple seconds. 
you know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. All right, I fumbled my way through the pre-break, and now let's get into the rest of the news. Uh, The Colts signed... Uh, safety Shamarco Thomas, late, late, latest played for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I don't know what this does necessarily for the Colts. It does give them some depth. Uh, he is a uh, not a lifetime special teamer, but he is a special teams type guy. So that's something that they're uh, getting in him. He's just not an overly productive guy, especially the past couple years. And I don't really understand what it is, but there are no stats on him for the last two years on pro football reference, none. Um, but he's played in a lot of games. I mean, he's played in 60 games in his career. This is a guy who has some experience. He is going to be 27 this year. If he's, he's still, no, he's already 27. Um, but, you know, the Colts, I mean, in, in, in response to this, they waived or released or whatever you want to call it. Jonte Baldwin, that, that to me is is fine. There, there's no, I mean, he's another corner, but that that's fine. You know that that's not really an issue at all, and no no disrespect to him, it's just not. Uh, when he came into the league, though, Thomas, his first season, he was productive in Pittsburgh, uh, thirty tackles, twenty nine, um, played in fourteen. He's played in eleven, fifteen, eight, and twelve games in succession. So I mean. 
this is a guy with a lot of experience. He's a guy who's going to bring depth with Gethers and Malik Hooker out currently right now. These snaps are going to be crucial for a lot of safeties, a lot of him, and uh, similar to the offensive line. When you've got opportunity to get some of these depth guys some extra snaps, whether it be in camp, preseason, or whatever, it's going to help your team. It's going to help the the, uh, competition. It's going to help the guys understand the playbook, be involved more. Um, so I think this is a good move. It's a smart move. You get some, a little bit of not necessarily leadership, but you get some veteran presence in there as well. A guy who's been in the league, played a lot of games in the NFL. That can't hurt, okay? Because a lot of the guys, think about it, this time of year, you end up seeing some guys that come in with one, two years total of game experience, you know, 16 to 20 games, something like that, not much, and they end up being depth guys. This guy's played 60 games in the league, and he's still fairly young. He's still in that kind of the age range. He's kind of at the top of it, but he's still in that 27, 28 age range that kind of Ballard seems to kind of cut off anything else on. So signing him is, in my opinion, it's a good move. It's, it's not an exciting move necessarily, but it's a good move. He can get the experience he needs or the, the practice time he needs within this system now while those two are out. When he comes back, maybe he pushes one of the guys off the roster. Um, maybe not. But there will be competition for that spot, and that's what's going to start now. Those guys are going to get rotated in a little bit. We're going to see who's actually going to stick. And then some of the, you know, some of the no-name guys tep, uh, you know, at, at safety, those guys are the ones that are going to be fighting with a guy who's got 60 games of you know, experience. So going to be interesting safety position. Hopefully those guys are back, both Hooker and Gethers. Um, we can't really have those guys out for too long. A um, little bit of news on the Breland situation. He is scheduled to come to the Colts for a visit, and I don't know when that is, to be quite honest with you. I'm not seeing a date. But the feeling apparently within the Chiefs is that they're not letting him leave without a contract. With that, um, I li- I've always, and you guys, if you've watched or listened at all, you know that I like the thought of Breland coming in. Experience. He's a ball, you know, a guy who attacks the ball. I think he'd be perfect in this system, and he really improves, in my opinion, not only the competition at quarter, uh, cornerback, but he almost puts forward a a better prospect. As long as he and, and all the rest of the corners are healthy, he whoever starts in those two spots is going to be better than what they would be had he not be signed. So if he gets it, great. If not, he's going to push the other two guys to the top. That's fine too with me. So that would I would like to see Breland actually get signed. The Colts have a crap ton of money. I get it. You don't spend it just to throw it out the window, but you're getting an experienced guy here and a guy who, in my opinion, fits the system perfectly. So um, we'll see. Does he leave Kansas City and take on the other two uh, visits that he had scheduled? Then, you know, I think it was Colts and Browns, if I'm not mistaken. If that happens... We'll see. We don't know that, but like I said, if he comes in and the Colts sign him, no matter who starts at corner, whether it be him or the other two, uh, or somebody else for that matter, I think that you get a better starting tandem as your boundary corners for that. Um, You know, Harrison could be in the mix there too. What does that do with the nickel slot, if anything at all? Um, We'll see. I think think that's a a good – if the Colts can get him back in the building, they should sign him. Uh, we'll see what happens with that if uh, Kansas City lets him leave, so to speak, or if he just leaves on his own to try to drive his price up maybe or something like that. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh, if they don't sign him, that could be an indication that Ballard thinks that that's 
what's going on. He's not going to hit. He's not going to exceed that number. He's told us that in the past. He's not lying to us. He 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 will not exceed a number that he sees for Bashad Breeland. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, interesting with Marlon Mack apparently suffered an injury in training camp last year. Um, said that he kind of felt it all through the season. Obviously, that you know ended up knocking him out uh, to an extent. He ended up having surgery. Um, he's back 100%. I mean, you, I just don't think it can be overstated that you've got Mac and two rookies. They're gonna keep. They're gonna hang on to Turbin. It sounds like guys. This is you know we've seen things turn and twist in a matter of moments in the past. But it sounds like Turbin, you know, they like him in there. They say it's unfortunate. Frank Reich did anyways, but we're going to basically, you know, we love him in the locker room. We love him on the field. Sounds like Turbin's going to be hung on. And that will give somebody a roster spot for four weeks. But who will that be? So that's interesting because we're going to have Mac. We're going to have Wilkins. We're going to have Hines, uh, Christine Michael, Ferguson. You know, these guys are all going to be battling for this spot. And I think with Marlon Mack healthy and ready to go and not, man, he played through the entire season with an injury, Um, even even a minor injury, guys. Come on. You've all done something to where you've injured yourself and you can't even walk to the kitchen to get yourself a drink uh, because you got a big toe cramp or just whatever it is. This dude played through a season with an injury. That's something. If you've ever played football in the past, it doesn't matter if it's a Charlie horse. When you get out there on the field, it kind of goes away. But the next day is even worse than the day of the game or previous to the game. You know how that is. Um, I think that this just signals, you know, that he's much tougher than we expected. And I was kind of thinking about this as well, being that it was his shoulder. Does this and not not the um, uh, what not the excuse route, but does this kind of give him? Um, maybe a little more leeway and maybe kind of a pass from last year in his pass protection. Frank Reich said today that he likes the pass protection from all the guys that uh, and he meant he said even Hines. He didn't say even Mac. So that tells you that Mac was in the uh, in the above group, so to speak, that he mentioned or that they've seen thus far uh, in OTAs, so on and so forth, that they liked what he was doing or just whatever. You know, they however they're doing. He he mentioned all of or he said all of them, but put in there even Naheem Hines, which I think Hines is a pretty good pass blocker. Um, definitely not for a lack of effort if he's not great. But <coughs> excuse me, uh, Mac being able to pass protect, Mac being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, Mac being able to hit it in between the tackles, and be able to make his decisions his decisions outside of the tackle box. Those are all very key. Uh, I, I think that this, I mean, it just signals to me what a tough duty is too. So watching him come back, watching how all of this plays out uh, in the backfield is super exciting. Nothing but young guys back there, but in a, a couple veterans who have been back. I mean, Ferguson's young. Chrissy Michael's not old. He's only been in the league, what, three, four years. But Turbin's kind of in that upper range. But Turbin brings a lot. You know, Turbin brings the ability to carry the ball more than just third and short. But that's kind of going to be his pigeonhole. That's where he's going to be. He all, uh, Reich also said that he felt that they had a bunch of three-down backs. That's a good sign because that doesn't mean that they can just catch the ball out of the backfield. That means, like I said earlier, that he feels that they can all um, that they can all pass block, that they can all do their own and hold their own. I think that's exciting and important. Um, this is 
you know, a lot of news on the day before camp, to be quite honest with you. Um, a lot of things are pretty interesting coming right now. Not only that, but look, let's look at Shamarco Thomas for a second. And not necessarily his play, but <clears throat> Trey Boston was signed from the uh, to the Cardinals today as well. So there's one of the better safeties, best safeties available off the market. They didn't sign Kenny Vaccaro. To me, that also tells you, if they didn't, that they've got a lot of they've got a lot of uh, expectations for Hooker and Gathers, expectations for them to play well, expectations for them to come back soon, that they're almost ready, that they're okay, they're just getting through their plan as well. So that should be something else that we consider uh, thinking about it with this safety group. If they thought that they could be without one of them. Kenny Vaccaro, Trey Boston, they would have gotten scooped up, in my opinion, probably before. So I think, you know, what most Colts coaches, Ballard uh, players have said, they like what they've got. So it's interesting. A lot of news today for the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of fun news. Some, you know, wishy-washy. But this is about how the day goes. Uh, We're about to get a bunch of camp updates tomorrow. A lot of things to watch. Um it's it's an exciting time. Football is officially back, guys. So we've got a lot to look forward to uh, as this season goes on. We've got Andrew Luck back. We've got some dynamic playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. We've got some young defenders that are going to be fighting hard for spots. This pra- these practices are going to be whip, you know, lickety split. Everybody get here, get there, uh, get our stuff done, and get out of here. That's to me. This just, I mean, it already has the feels. You know, of a much more, um, a much more prepared coaching staff, a much more prepared system in general. So this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I hope that you guys are too, because it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have a lot to talk about as the season progresses. I think so. Uh, like I said, we've got another podcast coming up right after this. We're going to go through the position breakdowns of the wide receivers, and then we're going to be done. All heading into camp tomorrow. So. Thank you guys for joining me. We will talk to you here real shortly, uh, right here on the Colts cast. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. 
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.